Good morning. We're going to be in Psalm 9 this morning. Psalm 9 this morning. So we start, you come on. If you don't mind, like uh, putting a comment, maybe thumbs up, maybe, boy, you need help. Something just to let me know you're there. And then I just want to remind you at the very outset, if... Um, these teachings or devotions are a blessing to you and blast them out to your your Facebook page. Hey, Richard. Hey, man. I hadn't had a chance to read that article yet. I've uh, been in Psalm 9. I'll read, I'll read it a little bit later. So we're going to be in Psalm 9 today. I want to remind you to continue to pray for um, our friends in Florida. Like I really have friends in Florida. Um... I'm just going to be honest. I don't, I don't know what the storm is doing now since about 11 or 12 o'clock last night. I went to bed. Then I got up this morning. and haven't even watched the news or the weather. But I do know that um, there's already been devastation in Florida. So pray for God's protection, God's provision. And then in the aftermath, maybe ask the Lord, what can I do to help? Uh, there'll be some really good organizations that will send aid to Florida. A lot of churches will be involved. And so if it's in your heart to help people, it's an awesome opportunity to help people in need, to help people maybe you'll never meet. So anyway, so let's pray for Florida. Um, and then it's a, however the storm goes, if it goes to the other side and kicks back in the other coast, you know, maybe um, North Carolina, South Carolina, those coastal towns coastal states. Anyway, so um, pray for them. Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever or do you struggle when you observe evil people succeeding? Now, I know that most of y'all are too spiritual to even consider the question I'm asking, but I think it's a legitimate question. Have you ever noticed somebody who is not living for the Lord? Um, their agenda is not the Lord, even maybe even they're evil. <clears throat> and they're cruising through life, and it seems like they're just finding success after success after success. Or maybe. Maybe they're people that are taking advantage of others and they seem to be getting by with it and they seem to be having success. Do you ever struggle with that? Well, I, I, I have struggled with that. Before I became a pastor, I worked in a uh, paper mill for six years. Uh, from the time I was 19 until age 25, so for six years. And... Um, had a job to do and other men had a job to do and I would do my job and other guys would be slacking and sometimes it felt like I was doing my job and their jobs too and they were just like progressing and I remember being so angry like I was getting paid the same or less than some of them. I was doing my job and their job. They were slacking and they knew they were slacking and they were just like getting by with it. And that used to really bother me. It used to make me angry. 
Uh, in fact, I'd be ticked off about it. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe on your job or, hey, Brother Russell, um, maybe you're an entrepreneur and in your business, you're just going around about, you're living for the Lord, you're, you know, you're trying to model integrity and all that. And evil people, like they're, they're cutting corners. They're not walking in integrity. They have no character, no Christ-like character. And they're, and they're succeeding. Like, like you're working just as hard as them or more and they're making more money and they're getting this, they're getting the promotion and on and on and on. Or maybe it's a sports team and we've all been there, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Where you just sit back and go, man, like I'm living for the Lord and they're not. And look, look what's, look at the success seemingly coming their way. Um, without consequences. Well, if you've ever felt that way, or maybe you're feeling that way now, I think you're in good company, and I think I'm in good company. I'm not condoning us. But David, if, we're starting to see a pattern in the Psalms here. David thought that way frequently. David would look out at the enemy, and the enemy would be succeeding, and the enemy would be evil and coming against him and coming against God. And um, it bothered David, which is another reason I've mentioned before. I, I love the psalm so much. Um, I'm sorry, I'm on a spot here trying to get back to my Bible app. Anyway, so David is, is writing in Psalm 9, and David is in a season where apparently he sees the enemy, ungodly people finding success with apparently no consequences. So David writes Psalm 9. So if, if you've ever been there or you're there now, take comfort that the only man that the Bible ever said this about, he was a man after God's own heart. David felt the way we feel when we see ungodly, evil people seemingly succeeding without consequence. So I was writing this morning, see my little journal here. I encourage y'all to keep a journal or you can dictate into your phone. Maybe you're listening to the Bible app and you're listening and a thought comes to you, you can dictate in your phone. Read a couple of verses in Psalm 9 and give you a few thoughts here about how David responded when evil people were succeeding seemingly without consequence. Hey, Rosie. <clears throat> so he begins in Psalm 1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to the Most High, the name of the Most High. Watch this. Now, now he starts with praise. Hey, Tanya. He starts with praise. And what you're going to see is, there's a pattern in the Psalms that David wrote. Praise is a bookend. Like he'll begin the Psalm with praise. He'll end the Psalm with praise. And in between, he'll express what's really on his heart. These are called sometimes Psalms of lament, Psalms of complaint. And I mentioned yesterday as we were looking at a Psalm of lament or Psalm of complaint, um, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us to do all things without murmuring, all things without complaining. Um, and that's the, uh, the pattern of the Christian. However, we all know that sometimes we do fall into complaining. We do fall into lamenting. And David did that. David would take his complaint to the Lord. And, you know, and I'm just grateful that 
God is not this big mean ogre, you know, up there, ethereal being up there in a, you know, some up there in the sky somewhere that's just waiting to beat us and pound us when all of our thoughts aren't perfect and all of our thinking patterns aren't perfect. Yeah, we're responsible for those, but sometimes we get in a bad place. Sometimes we don't take every thought captive and bring it under the obedience of Jesus Christ. And so I'm glad we have a heavenly father that listens, that listens. So there's a pattern of David in these lament psalms, particularly where he will begin like a book in, like, like, a, like a, you got books. You got a book in here, and a book in here, and a bunch of books in between. You know, so I'm trying to make it fit in the screen here. So he starts with praise and ends with praise. That's the bookends. And there's a lament or a complaint in between. That's kind of sort of this psalm here. So when it gets down to verse 3, he says, When mine enemies return back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. For you've maintained my right and my cause. You have sat in the throne judging right. You, has re you have rebuked the heathen. You've destroyed the wicked. You put out their name forever and ever. O oh, thou mine enemies, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And then he goes on in verse 7 and says, The Lord will endure forever. Uh, <coughs> a couple of verses later, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in trouble, time of trouble. So when we're in time of trouble, here's another pattern we've already seen in these first nine chapters of Psalm. God is our refuge. God is our refuge. The word refuge there is a safe place. God's our safe place. Uh, then he goes on and says, you've not forsaken any. Verse 11, sing praises to the Lord. Verse 13, have mercy on me. Uh, verse 14, the heathen are sunk down in the pit. <laughs> the wicked is snared. I'm looking for, oh yeah, so verse number 18. For the needy shall not be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, and then it goes on there. So ultimately, when David's talking about um, ungodly people, ungodly people, hey, brother, my ungodly people, and he's lamenting there, the, hey, brother Ron, the, the ultimate uh, conclusion that David comes to is God, God's going to take care of people like us, those that follow him. So I just jotted down some thoughts this morning. That, that I think will help me and I think will help you. And you may not be in this season, but I guarantee you know somebody that is right now. You may not be struggling with this, but I will promise you somebody close to you is struggling when evil people are seemingly succeeding without consequence and we have these thoughts and emotions. Here's what David did. Number one, you ready? Number one, he sought the Lord. He begins the psalm. He begins the psalm, I will praise you, that's resolve, with my hope, excuse me, my whole heart. I will show forth your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to the name. And so at the forefront of David's heart, and the forefront of David's mind, because it begins in your mind there, is, is praise, seeking the Lord. Scripture tells us if we seek the Lord with our whole heart, we will find him. It's kind of like, you know, when you lose your telephone, you misplace your telephone. I don't know a single person that seeks for a telephone with a half heart. <laughs> uh, they seek for that phone in order with the intention of finding it. So if you're in a season 
and your mind keeps going to you're living for the Lord. I know you're not perfect, but you're living for the Lord. You're growing in the Lord and other people that aren't seem to be succeeding and it just bothers you. David puts his gaze on the Lord. David puts his attention, his focus on the Lord. So he, he sought the Lord. The second thing he did was he took his lament or his complaint to the Lord. And that's what I encouraged a little bit yesterday. Um, there's a, there's a guy or two, uh, I just mentioned this recently to a second guy. There's a guy in my life, a young man in my life that I have an agreement with. If you ever have a complaint about anything, then you can bring it to me. Um, I will listen to you. I will not judge you. I will not hold it against you. If you just need somebody to talk to, to blow off some steam, to lament, to complain, bring it to me because if you take it to, not that I'm perfect, okay, but if you take it to other people, they have a tendency to hold it against us when we get beyond that season of complaining and lamenting. You see what I'm saying? And then, but ultimately, I shared with this guy like many, many years ago, take your complaint to the Lord. But if you have to talk to a human being, like don't just put your complaints out there. So what David does is over and over and over, David takes his lament to the Lord. Like he literally he literally complains to the Lord and God doesn't zap him dead. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's not the kind of God we have. God listens to the lament and you know and God directs David, but so he, so he lament he takes his lament to the Lord. Number three, uh, verses five, six, and seven, trust that God is in fully that God is fully in control. Okay? Uh, verse number seven, I think it is, says, The Lord shall endure forever. I keep going back to Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God. So ultimately, God is control is, is in control of everything. He's the sovereign creator of the universe. If you really believe that, let that get down in your spirit, your soul, and your mind, um, it helps navigate through the challenges of life when you, when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is fully in control. So when David's going through the season of being perturbed, if you will, that ungodly people are succeeding while he's trying to live for the Lord, trust that God is fully in control. Watch this now. So God is fully in control. Number four, have the faith that God will be just. Uh, verse 10 or 11 says God will judge the world. So watch this now. Watch this. So David has the confidence to know that God will judge the world. And there's a shifting taking place in the psalm. And, and that's what I'm praying a shifting will take place in those of us that are reading this. Because I think if we're honest, we've all felt and thought the way David is thinking and feeling right here. So what David is doing is David has a way of praising the Lord, bringing his complaint to the Lord about the enemy, and then leaving the enemy with God. If you, if, you, if you really believe that God will judge the world, and if you read the rest of the book, God's going to judge. God's going to judge every unjust person. And so David has a way of, even though he complains, he leaves it with the Lord and goes, you know what, in the end, God will take care of that, or God will take care of them. Um, and then verse 12 and 13, pray. David prays for God's deliverance. Uh, that's the pattern. Psalm 3, 4, 5, 6, 3, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 are all Psalms where David's challenged with something and he always prays. 
We had a great men's Bible study last night at Celebration Church, and that was the topic of discussion. Yes, we did pray. We didn't just talk about praying. I was so encouraged. We didn't just talk about praying. We prayed. David believed in the power of personal communication with the Lord, his shepherd, the Lord, his light, the Lord, his salvation, the Lord, his refuge, the Lord, his strength, the Lord, his buckler, the Lord, his shield. David prayed and David asked God for his deliverance. You know, it's okay. It's very biblical. If you're in a tight spot right now to ask the Lord to deliver you, um, two more thoughts. And then David had a heart full of gratitude for God's faithfulness. He said in verse number 14, I will rejoice in your deliverance. Stop just for a minute. Stop just for a minute. Just for a minute. Go back. I do this often. Go back and think of your own life. Think of all the ways God has delivered you from danger, or maybe some of you from addictions, uh, maybe from toxic relationships. Maybe God's delivered you physically and healed your body. Um, think of all the ways that God has been your deliverer. And if you think of that and you know that God is the same, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, our hearts should be filled with two things, gratitude for what God did and hope for what God can do. So even though David was complaining here, he turned his heart, he turned his heart to gratitude for the faithfulness of God. Now watch this. We all have struggles. We all have troubles. We all have trials. We all, we all do. That's been part of the, the, the theme of some of these Psalms. What helps us walk through those, and we've talked about storms, what helps us come through storms on the side of victory, on the side of triumph, on the side of still living the abundant life is gratitude. It's gratitude. No matter how challenging and difficult it is, we always look back and realize how good God's been, how faithful God's been. So when the when the evil people are succeeding and you can't figure it out, turn your focus to the Lord. Turn your focus to the Lord. Have a heart of gratitude. Have a heart of praise. Have a heart of prayer. Leave them to the Lord. And then the last thing is praise again. Uh, he says, I will rejoice. And so that's the book end. That's the book end that I mentioned a minute ago. If you just came on the book end, David begins this Psalm in praise. He brings his lament or his complaint to the Lord. And then he ends the Psalm with praise. What a wonderful way to live our lives. Um, nobody's perfect. Nobody's is claiming we are being perfected by the Lord. And sometimes I think we use that excuse. Well, nobody's perfect to just go on and live life without regard to the Lord and his word. But we don't want to do that. You don't want to do it. Those of you that are watching and will come on later, you don't want to do that. We want to be used of God. We want God to develop us and conform us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And so when you notice that and you sense the complaining, take it to the Lord, take it to the Lord and put those bookends there. Praise, complaint, praise again. All right. Say, so, hey, I, I appreciate y'all uh, joining in with me today. Do me a couple of favors, if you would. Let's keep praying for Florida and the storm victims. And, and um, you know, I would just pray. Let's, let's pray. And when that thing comes off the coast, it just goes out to the sea and dissipates. That's the way I, I would, I'm going to pray. Uh, a lot of people are out there hurting. Uh, if you know friends that are hurting and, you know, all that, pray for them. And then if these videos are a blessing to you, push them out on your Facebook page. Uh, maybe somebody could use this encouragement today. Go to Celebration Thomasville, if you don't mind, or my personal Facebook page. Our secretary is 
uh, turning these um, videos into podcasts. We have now over 160 podcasts from the last year or so. That'll be a blessing to you. Um, hey, uh, God bless all of you, and uh, y'all stay safe today.